Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. How you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax. You're about to listen to The Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway to the minds, the souls, the hearts, and lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I'm a quasi-comedian. I Maybe. I don't know. I'm a storyteller. I'm going to do a storytelling show tonight in Chicago. I'm going to do a live uh, pro wrestling fringe from the Howl series. Of course, Howl.fm. Use the code Colt. They haven't promoted it that well. Oh, I'm also uh, a podcaster, most importantly, though. I am a professional wrestler, and I am sitting here live in my studio. Apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before I go any further, it's a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. We give you a free charge every single Thursday. ColtCabana.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast from. A couple great ways that you can support. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend. Let somebody know. Tweet it to them. Facebook it to them. Snapchat it to them. Best way that you can support, though, ColtMerge.com, DigitalColt.com. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, digital downloads. Great ways to support, and I appreciate your support. Go do it. ColtMerge.com, DigitalColt.com. And speaking of uh, those platforms, all right, I'm giving you the pre-warning to the pre-order. I think this is happening. I think, I think, I think I'm supposed to today go right from here to go pick up the hard copy to send it over to the people to get it done, the Road Diaries 3. So next week, I think we're going to have it up on pre-order. I'll have a big uh, announcement about it, but just know it's coming soon. We're about to pre-order. I'm going to do a couple weeks of pre-order. I got limited edition autographs of me, Kiku, and Grado on a postcard if you order off the internet. It's coming soon, I swear, I swear, I think, yes, it is, next week. I'll have an announcement next week. So this is the pre-announcement announcement. I do have an announcement about a live show that's happening at North Bar the night before Thanksgiving. We're moving it around constantly. Tickets are now up, unprofessionalwrestling.brownpapertickets.com. We're doing it at North Bar. That information will be at colcabana.com if you need it on the front page. Unprofessional Wrestling, that's the show title we're going with for now. Do you like it? Do you not like it? I like it a lot. I didn't need to convince Marty much. He just said, yeah, all right. So we're doing comedy. We're doing clips. We're doing commentary. The night before Thanksgiving, North Bar in beautiful downtown Chicago, Illinois. There's parking. It's not that downtown. Okay, I don't know if I have much to go off in the beginning. We'll see what I got. Adam Rose is on the show. I was down at the Performance Center doing weird announcing tryouts when he literally debuted that whole gimmick. And he talks about how he had to change it and switch it. And uh, right away, I thought it was just an awesome, different counterculture. And he talks about that, too. And, yeah, it got changed around, and then it just became a thing. 
But the talk itself, I mean, he's a guy that I've wanted to have on even before. Like, you just, I've heard his story before. I know where he comes from. I know some of his past. And it's a, it's a pretty crazy past. And then, you know, e, uh, E60 did that whole thing. And, you know, I think he gained like a really great following from the idea of people wanting to know more about him. And I think that's like the whole idea of this whole show. And so just, you know, I think Adam's a great guy to have on the show. But, you know, we do talk a lot about the idea of this whole character, where it went wrong. And that can like, I don't know, it's hard to talk about that without whoever the person is, like, you know, being a little bit upset or having a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And I think it's important that it doesn't come off like that. And even if it does kind of come off like that, like, that's a thing now in his life. Had a dream to be a WWE wrestler, left his fucking country to come here to be a WWE wrestler, and that is his legacy there. If anyone, if anyone can relate, I'd like to think that I'd be able to completely relate to this. So he moves on now outside of there, doing the indies, doing his thing. And, you know, you kind of want to change that legacy a little bit. And it doesn't have to be in wrestling. It could be it could be the way he is a father or the way he runs a different business or the way he does whatever he does. So uh, he's on that journey now to kind of changing what was into what should be. Did any of that make sense? Did any of that make sense? I hope some of it made sense. I hope you get the idea. You'll, you'll enjoy the chat with Adam. Listen, for me, I'm doing all right. I'm not doing great. I don't know, not kind of like a downslide as of late, but just uh, going through the motions a little bit. So I'm looking for some kind of change. I got to change something up. I've realized that, and uh, I'll find out what it is or what I got to do and uh, something. I don't know, when I'm at the shows, when I'm wrestling, I'm really digging it. But you find yourself with some downtime, and uh, I've I've been sitting on the couch a lot just watching stuff, just watching. Maybe that watching will get me inspired. More watching, less doing, hopefully becomes... Less watching, more doing. I was in Kansas City on Saturday. Saw A. Steele, my trainer, my buddy. Saw Dr. Tom, my other trainer, my other buddy. It was nice to be there. A lot of good talent over there. I don't know if you guys know this. I don't think it's getting any publicity, but I'm so intrigued by what's going on in that whole scene. There's a new Kansas City league called NWL, and there's this dude who just literally is investing. He's worth like a bajillion dollars, and he's investing in this like sports wrestling league. And, like, all these dudes have all signed contracts, and Metro Wrestling is, like, now not a thing anymore. And it's been pretty low-key. It hasn't blown up. The the internet, I don't even think, knows about it. There's just a section of the Midwest that knows about it. And uh, I'm super intrigued to see what happens, how it goes. Derek Stone, Michael Strider, Ace, there's all these guys that are involved in it. And if you want to do a little Facebook research, I'm sure you can. Also, Friday, I was in uh, the Jim Lina Memorial Tournament uh, for AAW. AAW is getting out of control, by the way. Uh, it's such a good show. Like, this was the Jim Lina Memorial Tournament, and, uh, and like, kind of sad that, like, it made me think, like, oh, fuck, Jim's dead. And uh, Jim was a guy who, who helped run AAW for years. He was on the radio here in Chicago for years, and I liked him a lot, and we would always have real, real nice conversations and uh, that was kind of hard to like sit back and realize, like, fuck, he's gone. He's not here anymore. But I, I don't know. I guess in retrospect, it's good. The idea of this tournament, keeping his name alive. And because of that, people remember. People remember and uh, people will talk about Jim Lynham. We don't want to forget about these guys who were in our lives, who are our friends. And that's why I will just randomly say, hey, go look up a Bison Smith match. Bison Smith was awesome. He was an awesome dude. And I love knowing that I was a little bit a part of uh, Bison Smith's life. 
Okay, the song this week is by Detroit, a band named Detroit. Jim Weber, who owns North Bar, the same place we're going to go do a comedy show Thanksgiving Eve, was like, hey, I used to work with these guys in Minnesota. They loved wrestling. Here's a song about wrestling. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to play that song. So we're playing that song. It's called Twisting. Enjoy it. We'll be back with Adam Rose. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's a recorder. Records a voice. We're talking into All right. it. Things are going well. You said you wrestled last night and you had a, a pleasant yes, surprise. I did. I had a match with uh, SWB Slick Wagner Brown. Mm-hmm. And I remember. He's been around forever. Ever. Because I remember being in South Africa and seeing a picture of him with, uh, was it April Hunter mm-hmm. at the time? And thinking, I don't think they talk about that. With, oh, don't they? That was a big falling out that I was doing. Oh, no idea. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I remember seeing that picture and thinking that, okay, this will be picked up. You These know, two, this yeah, act. yeah. I thought this act was good, and this we picked up just and off the sight of it alone. Just on the sight of it alone, it looked a quality to me. So I thought this would get picked up, and yeah. it, it didn't get picked up. And like I worked him last night, and what a pleasant surprise we had. Uh, 
I would say probably one of the most fun fun matches I've ever had. So that was cool. Yeah, and well, I was gonna say like, yeah, because you probably haven't been dabbling on the, or you've been now sitting in the Indies a little bit, and so yeah. now you know it's kind of like hit or miss. But you've probably it's had the some, good, the bad, and the ugly. But you, you've probably you had know. some brutal ones uh, in the system, anyways, too, yeah. right? Oh yeah. But at I least, mean, like, you knew those guys, at least. Yeah, walking in now, you, especially when you start on the indies, like like I have coming from there, it's like you never know what to expect. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know. You don't know. You just don't know what's coming. And like yesterday was just absolute treat. So I loved it. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. Is that your first treat? No, it's not my first treat. What was my other treat? I had one more treat, which I uh, spoke about. Was uh, what was the kid's name? Um, Wild Man Congo, not the big guy. There's a big Congo, Congo Kong, who's yeah, been on the that, show that's before. A monster. Yeah. And then there's Wild Man Congo, mm-hmm. who's a shorter guy, more stout. But um, he gave me a. Uh, a nice match too. We we had a good quality match. Well, what are you? So what are you looking for? Because it's hard, right? You're you're like uh, like I don't. It is kind of like what are you looking for? Like because you want to get that the idea of like, I guess if you were in a program or on uh, NXT or whatever it is, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you you get justified. And then when you come back in the Indies and you're just doing matches sporadically, yeah, you kind of it's hard to like justify your life a little bit, <laughs> not justify your life, but like you're just doing one offs. Why am I doing this? Yeah, sometimes? yeah, yeah. Yes. There's those moments where it's like, what am I doing? But um, I think for me, I think getting on the indies a lot of it has to do with i want to prove that i can do something yeah. you know because i had six years well not six years but like two specific years where i was told pretty much not to do anything so for me now when i get 20 minutes and i'm told do whatever you want and i can actually go through false finishes and do some cool shit and mm-hmm. hit some of my stuff it's right. like it's, it's a whole different experience what about like telling long-term stories though because it's hard as for in this I, point i don't think you can really especially the way it is well, but you, I'm saying you have yeah. to be in a promotion. You yeah. have to kind of be able to do that. And on the indies, it's it's not, it's and it's hard for a guy coming off TV too because it's not like a, a wrestling company will will be booked. You know, because your price tag's a little. And I'm not specifying you. I'm just saying people coming off TV in general. Yeah. So it's like, well, we'll bring you in for one and hope you draw. But it's yeah. hard to bring you in twelve straight shots so we can tell a story. Tell a story, yeah. There's, uh, from what I can tell, unless you aren't programming, like stories don't really exist. It's sort of nomadic wrestling. But it's, uh, that's why it's like, for me, I break the crowd up now into demographics, right? So I feel like the first demographic that I have to hit, and I hit easily, is kids. I can get the kids, like, pretty much out the bat. Then I get mommy. And then there's that market that I never was able to get when I was in the WWE, which was the 24 or 18 to 35-year-old male, which did not like me. <laughs> now, though, that the handcuffs are off, I can get them. So what I do is I break it up. In the first bit, I'll get the kids, get mommy, and then... I get that demographic yeah. because I, and I, I do something more physical or more aggressive or more just me and it's less meh. <laughs> you don't, you don't, I'm able to, to actually get that demographic and by the end of the match they roll in. So it's, 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 it's cool because I've known uh, I've come into matches where the crowd was like, ah, oh, you know, it's this dude's not going to do anything. And then when we actually start to actually rumble, then everyone's different. You, so. so you don't think you got eight because I think when you first started doing the character... Or, right, at least for those first three weeks, were you grabbing those eighteen to twenty-four? I think no, I you think. never at not at no time. I I think once we went up, we were Sesame Street pretty much from the bat. It just took me a while to recognize it. Um, I didn't see it until it was too late. I saw it at Twisted Tea when we did the Twisted Tea commercial. That was the moment I noticed that I had become Sesame Street. Sesame Street, and that's is that your I, term? Yeah, it's my term. <laughs> I told Hunter that I went up to Hunter and said, "How the fuck did we become Sesame Street?" 
And he goes, he looks at me and he said, uh, sometimes you become the interpretation of your character rather than your character. That's deep. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And how do we fix that? I don't know. So by that point, we were fucked. <laughs> yeah. was like, that was like not even um, two weeks in. What about, did you, had you done it on, you'd done it on NXT, right? Yeah, but we had only done it for a short period on NXT. And NXT was still cool, even though now looking back, I can see it was starting to go Sesame Street towards the end of my run on NXT. But the idea was honestly, and I think if we had kept with this mold which Dusty had created, which was that we would, it's literally like I come from the party, I just fell off the bus. I literally don't know what the hell's going on. I get in the ring, win a match, and leave. And get back on the bus. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like the bus was supposed to have hot chicks in it and would open up and there'd be smoke pouring out of it. You can, you know, guess what the smoke could have been or not. And what it's like. Dry ice. It was suppo- exactly, lots of dry ice. But it was <laughs> supposed to be edgy and vibey and it was supposed to have that godfatherish feel to it. And we ended up being Sesame Street with a 35 year old man dressed as a hot dog. <laughs> In a, in a PG era, but did you think you were like, did you think you were going to be the one to break the PG era mold? No, I didn't. I just thought we had more parameters. Right. I just thought we could we could go a little further. If we wanted, yeah, because so. you did a tweet or a tweet or something the other day where you were like, this was what it was supposed to be. Yeah, and it was just all babes. Yeah, pretty much. It was supposed to be hot chicks, me, and maybe one or two cool things like a guy that's blowing fire or fucking nunchucks or something. <laughs> you know, it wasn't supposed to be. I remember saying right out the bat, I said, please do not get the outfits from Party City. No offense to Party City. I like Party City. But don't get the outfits from Party because I knew if we got outfits from Party City, where we were going. Mm. And the next week, I was endorsed by Party City. You were endorsed by that. Endorsed by that. It's almost like that's the the short-term thinking of like, well, we got an endorsement. Yeah. So we might as well throw these guys in some Party City stuff. And then then you got a whoopee cushion and a hot dog and a hamburger. And that's all fun and stuff. But... On that 18, 35-year-old mold, which you have to get. Yeah. Um, it just sort of... Which are the influencers, I think. I think they are. It's, it's a weird line, right? Because, I mean, the kids are too. But if you're, the, if you're getting influenced by the kids, then you're John Cena. Not even. I think, like, I think Adam Rose in the WWE's demographic was like a four-year-old. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, I don't know how much money I'm making on a four-year-old. But it's like, I think that was my demographic. It's like, and that's not cool. All right. So, um, and it was never intended to be that way. So, but by the time I had realized it and by the time it was already sunk in and it already sunk, uh, it was too late. Because, and, and we won't harp on this for too long, but, but it's, yeah, because those, like for me personally, right? Like my first match, I lost to, to Brian Kendrick in two minutes. Mm. And, but like, it was like, I had been in developmental for so long. I had gotten called up there like, you're making your debut. So I was like, mm. there was no question to it. I was like, I am ex- so excited right now. Everything. But you look back on it, it's like, why would I debut losing in two minutes to a guy yeah. who's going? And another guy is, do you remember Kizarni? Yeah. I you know, well. like his debut. Loved him. Was just losing to MVP, and MVP, MVP was like, he had these vignettes, and then, like, I didn't even have vignettes. I thought he looked really cool. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying, yeah. like, his debut wasn't just beating a dude. Yeah. His debut was, MVP was in this, like, weird losing streak where he was a baby face because he was losing, but he was really a heel. And then he, it was a very odd thing to, like, throw him into that. Yeah. So, but, but saying so, like, I get, I, I, I do find it interesting that you're, like, you have to take yourself away from everything to be able to look into it and be like, oh, you know, fuck. Sometimes I think you're so into it that it's like you're just trying to make it work mm. that you don't question it. 
And you need to question it. You need to question you it. Need to question but it. you're also like, I'm the new guy. I can't question this. No, I got to do what they tell me. Right. Let's do this. Let's do that. Okay, yes, sir. Yes, go. But it doesn't work because then you end up doing something that you didn't want to do or that necessarily you know is not going to work. But it's too late by that point. So you said you, you went to Hunter and you said, uh, this is Sesame Street. Was that the first time you had ever questioned anything? It was the first time I think I'd ever. I'm curious. It's the first time you questioned something. Very first day. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, the scene- why aren't we dropping the lights? It was my first question. Why are you dropping the what? Why aren't we dropping lights? Because oh. on my entrance, which we did in NXT, which was actually a cool entrance, we would drop the lights. Mm-hmm. Then Meaning had, they would just fall from the sky? Do you remember the... No, no. Lights would not be falling from the sky. It's like shooting stars. No, it wouldn't. No. Uh, we would drop the lights, make it dark. Then the like weird music would start for all the like um, rosebuds to load. And then the music would hit. And what we did on Raw was bright lights. So you could see now everyone loading. You could see now the people in outfits... And it had nowhere near the same feel. You want it like Sabu style? Lights come up and there they are, just there. Well, it, it, if you, I don't, try to, I can't think of the word for the type of music it was. It was almost like Egyptian belly dancing music would hit, and that would be the load music. And then there would be this like weird vibe where everyone's sort of loaded, and that was like a part of it was the load, mm. and that lights would come down a little bit, and you you could see them, but you couldn't really see them, and the Egyptian music was playing, and then the music would kick, and yeah, we would go. And that, that formula worked. So when we had changed from formula, my first question ever was already in NXT when we changed music, mm. because why change from a good song? That song was great. Well, that was legal reasons, no, right? No, it wasn't, because the guy who wrote the song and sang it actually called me <laughs> and said, I'll give you the song. Really? Yeah. And it's like, but I think they just wanted full control over everything. And oh, be there. God. Even the guy who said, I'll give it to you. Yeah. He said, I'll give you the song. Just, so, uh. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, that was the first question was the music. Then on the uh, entrance already, I was already questioning why is it different to what we were doing. By Twisted T, I was like, okay, this is a song show. Right. Uh, so, you changed the character. Like, did you know? Well, you didn't. I mean, you. so you were, um, what were you before? The, the South African. The Hunter, what was the name of that? I had five versions of Kruger by that of, point. Of Leo Kruger, right? Yeah. So, but did you know? Like, do you was that your was Adam Rose? Or was that your character? Did you know that well? Adam Rose, I created with right. Dusty, but we created him honestly just to show range because I've been given the two week notice deal, which was change the gimmick or you're out of here in two weeks. So I created Adam just to show range. Next thing we ran with Adam, which was fine, and he was legitimately based on Aldous Snow from Get Him to the Greek. Mm. So the thing is this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Told me straight out. This is going to be a hard sell. To a seven-year-old man who's never worked given a degree, this is going to be a hard sell. But it wasn't a hard sell in Europe. You know what I'm saying? They got it immediately right out the bat. But to certain people there was a hard sell to and then dumb to, America to dumb freaking <laughs> Americans th- that was it I'm gonna be honest the male American demographic 18 to 35 just could not stand the character just mm-hmm. couldn't stand it couldn't get it that European campness mm-hmm. which is not that it's campness it's not campness. gay it's, it's, a camp- ver- it's a form of comedy almost in Europe mm-hmm. like William Regal got it right out the bat mm-hmm. and, oh he and probably loved it he huh? loved it yeah, because course. he got the campness of the character and it's like we don't have really camp characters I don't know if Americans know the term camp but it's like and, and uh, I think they were scared of it almost mm-hmm. that the males were scared of that demographic and that, that, that type of character and that's why we lost them well sure you look you see who's running for fucking president now like mm-hmm. it sums up what, what America's all about uh, how does that even happen right how does that even get taken this, seriously and, and he's legitimately running in your country and this is your country now right mm-hmm. are you a, are you green carded or are you I'm in I'm still green carded here when, are you gonna be in I'm gonna be in but it's like uh, I could have been in already as just the time to do it but uh it's it's unreal that he can actually run well we don't have to stay on on, on him i don't mind that I don't mind but that. i i'm i like the idea of you, <laughs> you you've moved halfway across the world yeah and are you you want to be in america for the rest of your life probably because i got two baby boys here yeah so i mean i, I wouldn't leave without my baby boys so. but that's a thing like could you imagine being like 10 years old and someone being like hey uh you know when you're whatever in your 30s you can then live in america for the rest of your life I couldn't, like, for me, the biggest obstacle in my way to achieving my, the goal of going to the WWE was getting from South Africa to America. That was always the big problem. Mm-hmm. And I think if um, we'd been able to close that gap earlier, some other South Africans would have done it. But Gabriel did it first. Mm-hmm. And then he's the reason I did it, because mm-hmm. he's the one who called me and said, if I can get it, you can get it. And um, didn't think I was going to get it at all. So... That was always the big obstacle, was just getting from South Africa all the way to America. Who was the last, and I'm going to talk about this with, with Gabriel, but before Gabriel, was there anybody ever close to any? The two guys I think could have gotten it was Gabriel's dad, could have gotten it, yeah. if he had ever gotten a shot, and a guy by the name of Tornado, if he, they in South Africa. If they were given those opportunities at that time. But, but they weren't. They, they weren't. And, there, but, and besides... Gabriel, there's nobody ever, ever to make any kind of splash anywhere. No. 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 Um, there's a kid now that's done some work in ROH, uh, Zizou Madu. He's, he was just a little kid there. He's, I don't think it, I think it was just a training camp or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think he probably will be the next one. Right. But he got married, but, I, mean, so I think he just ruined his life. He ruined that, so that'll happen. <laughs> he just got married, so I think it's all over But it's, it's kind of odd that Justin yeah. Gabriel, you know, like, this is in 2000, this isn't like 1970-something where the doors have been open. It's been open very late. 
you can only imagine there's probably a lot of other people around the world that you know right like they just signed this china dude or whatever yeah and it's probably pretty crazy that no one's well, they're looking now they weren't looking, looking back then mm-hmm. they weren't like looking for different and the, me and gabriel aren't exactly the south african demographic either so <laughs> it's strange as well but. in terms of what why do you say that uh what, what do you think when i think of south africa what do you think of i mean it's like we're not exactly the representation you would expect and do you mean like black dudes well, I would expect, like, yeah, if I was going to hire a guy from Africa, I'd probably hire a big jacked. But when I think yeah. Africa, I think South Africa, sometimes I think differently because, like, what Johannesburg and stuff. Yeah, but you know that. Not most people know gotcha. that. Gotcha. I don't think most people know our history, so. And I don't know that much, I don't think. I know apartheid. Yeah, you know that. I know mm-hmm. that. Were you in, not were a lot you, of people know that. Were you, were you we're in, away from that. were you in any of that? No, I was 14 when that all stopped. I was 14 when the, the change happened. Okay. And it was, I mean, it was a different, I mean, I remember, I, rem- I can remember it, but it seems so far away and so distant that I can't actually believe any of it actually happened. If you know what I'm saying? Because I was a little kid while that was all going on. And then when the change happened in nineteen, What was the change? Tell me the change again. Nelson Mandela was the change. And Nelson Mandela was the change because it was... Everyone liked Nelson Mandela. Every black people, white people, everybody liked Nelson Mandela. Everybody wanted him to be president. And then it took um, another president that doesn't get any credit for this, F.W. de Klerk, who was the white president at the time. He was the guy who actually called the stop to apartheid. And he was the guy that actually said, okay, look, change is going to happen. Whether you like it or not, change is happening. And then Nelson came in, and this was just someone that everyone was drawn to. He had that... um, and magnetism to him. People I was going to say him. that it factor. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone liked Nelson Mandela. And mm. it was just, uh, and uh, I think that was the change. 1994, he came out, became the president, and everything changed. And we did what America did over 100 years. We did in, what, 10, 20 years? Not even 10 years. So it seems so far away. It seems so weird. Different lifetime, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell me about, so what was your childhood then? What do you mean, what was my childhood? What was it? Just you? You got parents? Yeah, I had parents. I was born. I had to get born first. Too. Right. So I must have had a mom and daddy. Yeah. Who did ugly. And then, yeah, I came at him. No, ha. Huh? No. So anyway, so I had parents. And um, my dad was a minister. And we were church kids. My brother and me both liked wrestling. Mm-hmm. He didn't like actually doing it, though. He did it for like a year and then dropped out. But he didn't like actually the physicality of it. He just liked watching it. And uh, so, but me and him came in together, basically. And um, is it just you and your brother? Any he, other siblings? I, I was the first one. No, I had a sister who recently passed away. Sorry to hear that. And uh, we had, uh, um, we both loved wrestling, so we came in together. I came in first, I think. I went to one of the shows and bugged Gabriel's dad, mm-hmm. and he told me to go away because I was too little and too young. And at what age did you bug him? I was fifteen, turning sixteen, and he said, "Go away." I was like a buck 40 what am i now like a buck 90 so it's like a buck 40 and he was like just go away you're a little kid you know and i think i was the first kid to ever try and, and get in there and this was now guys that were like 40 years old and all like i'm talking the most rugged oh, group of wrestlers. after i did the podcast with yeah. gabriel i went and watched some of these documentaries that his dad was in yeah. and yeah and rugged people and it not. was it was just like it was a different time but i think that was like that in america too like now we think about wrestling and indie shows and we just think about these kind of like young little teenagers. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely reminded me of a time when it was just like just dudes over their 30s who yeah. rode motor- motorcycles. That's basically what, right? what I walked into at 16. So I got the crap beat out of me when I came in. <laughs> and they beat the tar out of me. And then eventually, 
uh, Gabriel wasn't living with his dad at the time, he was living with his mom. And Gabriel's uh, dad called him and said, come live with me because I got a kid you can wrestle and you can start the shows. And so I would come out, and me and Gabriel wrestled for like a year straight just opening all the shows for his dad. And these were big shows, right? Well, we were big for us. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you must remember, like, uh, we could still draw then. This was before the WWE had come into South Africa product-wise. We could still draw 20,000 people to Durban. But now, I did see us. shows that, like, had 300 people. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had shows in shopping malls as well. But it's like, <laughs> uh, Gabriel's dad kept us busy. Like, he would keep us busy, like, every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday. We were guaranteed something. You had every casino lined up. Those were the cool shows, the casino shows. And he had were you gambling at 16? Were you, were you, you weren't roaming in those uh, casinos? I don't remember. I, I think so. I think me and Gabriel got up to a lot of a mischief. Oh, yes. Yeah. We were terrible. <laughs> we were awful. I remember us. Uh, no, I can't even go into that stuff. Yes, we stole a car once. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't like we stole someone else's car. We stole someone in news car. We were both underage and not licensed <laughs> and drinking. And we stole the car, went up for the night, came back the next morning. Gave, uh, parked the car back where it was or whatever and um, we got into so much trouble with his dad and this was the funny thing not for stealing the car or being underage or drinking or driving without a license we got into trouble for not telling the boys and bringing them with <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was I was going to say for not being on time to the wrestling no, show we got into trouble because we didn't tell the boys about it about the great time that was, that yeah, was happening yeah. <laughs> wonderful so that was funny. Yeah, Is that you, so were you in high school when you started wrestling? I was a high school dropout. You were a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. Tell me, uh, take me through the decision of that. Uh, I was a horrible little teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, up to naughty business from like probably twelve, and then I think at fourteen. Where did sorry? Where did the stunt like the naughty business? The where does it stem from? I don't know. I always just thought that was my role. You were that guy? <laughs> my brother was the academic, you know, my sister was the girl, and I was going to be the naughty rascal. I felt like that's where I fit it in. But anyway, so I ended up, um, like, uh, moving, like, a bunch of schools, getting expelled from a couple of schools. I don't know if you know what the word expelled means. Yeah, of course. Okay. And What'd you do? I just I got into Fights? Trouble, too much trouble. I fought every Friday at school. Every Friday it was me versus somebody. It was just, they had the, you were promoting already. It was like fun, you know. And my mom would laugh at me because I'd have a black eye almost every Friday. Because I think I lost most of those. But anyway, are you, are you were you a fist fighter? What were like as a, as a kid? I was yeah. As a kid, I was a little. I I, I I for some reason used to pick a lot of fights and lost most of them. Wow! <laughs> but it was it was I was always up to trouble and uh, I moved schools a lot. I think that had a lot to do with me not settling in. Because I moved school, so I was always the new kid. Mm-hmm. I remember one year moving school six times. And by that point, I was done. I just, I think, I was always the new kid coming in. And new kid coming in in South Africa, you had to, like, make a statement when you got to the school. So that It's like jail, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's what I just knew. That's how I understood Except it. you didn't beat the shit out of the biggest guy in the yard. You just kept on well, getting the shit to, kicked out of you. you. <laughs> at some point, some point, someone had to be scared of you. Otherwise, right. you were going to get your ass beat. <laughs> And that Fair. was just South African school. It's like that. First fighting was normal in South Africa. It wasn't a big deal. You know, kids got into first fights. Now, I, I mean, they shoot each other and stab each mm. other. First fights, nothing um, compared to what's happening now. But anyway, um, so, and then eventually it got too much, too much, too much. I eventually went to, like, my dad tried to get me into a technical, like, college, like, learn a trade type thing. And I ended up dropping out of that as well. And then eventually, we actually was a runaway for two years. You were? Yeah. Take me through that. Well. So you dropped, you dropped just dropped out of school. Yes. And then did you, you just left home? I dropped out of school. I messed around at home for a bit. 
then my parents moved from Durban back to Johannesburg. And I said, I ain't coming. <laughs> and they said, yes, you are. You're underage, you're coming. I said, no, I got a friend I can stay with. And I could stay here, and I had this job lined up, and all of it was not A true. job at like 15 years old? I started working in bars at 15. Really? Yeah, I was, I was working behind a bar at 15. So I had jobs mm-hmm. and stuff. But and this stems from you being like this, mis- I, you know, when I was a kid, all the mischievous kids, they, all, they were always friends with older people. You know, like these troublemakers. Yeah, that's true. And like most of my friends were older than me. Like uh, most, of, I had a friend who owned a nightclub when I was fourteen. Of course, you who did. does? <laughs> now when I look back at who has a friend that owns a nightclub at fourteen? Or who's you know, the, who, you know. yeah? Who's the guy befriending a fourteen-year-old? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways, I was working like I would work in I was the barman basically at fourteen, and I would do that, and I ended up losing the job because I was. 14 and bullshit. Right. And ended up, uh, my parents moved. The situation where I was living fell through. Me and them fell apart. And I ended up, literally, I remember just walking out the house and going, um, I don't know where I'm going. And just walked. And that was it. And I did that for two years. What did you, did you run the trains or stay at friends' no, house? <laughs> trains to run. Um, I think the funny thing is, like, I stayed in the area in Durban. I was always in Durban. I used to sell my clothes. So- Whatever clothes I had, I sold. To uh, who? To random people. Like, I'd, I'd go to uh, taxi ranks. You don't have, have this here. It's that if you go to taxi ranks. Taxi ranks are basically mass transport people. I would go there. I would steal other kids' clothes and sell their clothes at taxi ranks. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would make money. And I'd eat. I remember I figured out if I had a hat. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Floaf of bread and a packet of chips. I could survive the day. Hmm. And that's what I'd get. I'd get a half loaf of bread and a packet of chips, and I'd eat that for the whole day. Do you feel that this uh, sets you up for a world of wrestling? Or do you think it's two different worlds? No, it's two different worlds. Two different worlds. I mean, that was just, I don't know what that was, to be honest. Well, the idea of like, you know, essentially like, it's not a con, but the idea of like, you know, we're conning people and there's the carniness of yeah. it. And like, you know, I feel it's the same, or, or even like the art of bullshitting and bullshitting with people and cutting yeah. promos. Imagine if you're a kid on the street, you're always kind of cutting promos. You can't be like a shy kid, a oh, shy no. homeless kid, right? No, no. 
So, like, I still had friends at the time, too. Like, I still had a lot of the friends that I had from school, Mm -hmm. and I would still meet them at the pubs and whatever else, but they didn't know that I was homeless. I was able to keep it a bit of a secret that I was homeless. But I would, they would go to the pub, and then at night they would go home, and I would end up going to sleep in the toilet by the pub. (laughs) But they didn't know that. Yeah. And I did that, and I'd sleep in uh, abandoned houses. Uh, or houses that were being built, I'd find that. I figured out pretty early, too, you stay awake at night and you sleep in the day. Mm-hmm. And it made things a lot safer. Mm-hmm. If you slept in the day, you were a lot safer than trying to sleep at night. It was right. a terrible idea. But mainly public toilets and stuff like that. I found like areas that I could literally just put a jacket down. I remember getting a long trench coat. And I got it. I saw it and I got it. And I got it because I knew I could use it as a blanket. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah. So, uh, so how does wrestling come from? Uh, how did I get back into wrestling? Yeah. Uh, somehow, I remember never eating out of the garbage can. Never got that hungry. But I remember I used to drink a lot of water just to fill my stomach, to have a feeling of feeling full. And I remember for the first time ever, there was like this little barbecue outside of a pub. And a guy took a burger, took one bite, and just threw it in the trash. And I looked at that burger, and I was about to get it. And then I knew, I'm not going to eat trash. I'm going home. So you, you went back to your yeah. family and gotcha. I went back gotcha. there. And uh, my mom had been trying to get a hold of me. My dad had been trying to get a hold of me. That actually reported me missing to the police at one point. And um, once I, I had to reach out back to them to finally actually locate me and lock me down. And then they bust me back to Johannesburg and... One of the ways she got me to do it was by saying she had met wrestlers. My dad and her had met uh, one of the wrestlers there somewhere. In we've, we've got a wrestler. Got They're a dangling wrestler. in her yeah, above you. Right. They knew I loved it. So will get you home. Yeah. And um, that's actually how they did it. And they took me to one of the shows, and I spoke to Gabriel's dad, and that's how it all started. And so, like, I... When you came to, because I, th- I think I was I was gone when you came. Yes. But I remember, uh, to, to America. But I remember... Yeah, I remember like uh, like being like, "Who's this guy?" And like some, someone, one of my friends, being like, "Yeah, there's another South African." Like, yeah. and I, I do kind of remember the, the idea that, and then I I remember them saying that like you'd been doing it a long time. Yeah. So, I, doing it in South Africa and doing it out yeah, two different things. Two different things, huh? Because like you were taught to bump and hit the ropes, hmm. and pretty much everything else you had to learn. But before you you got on that plane to come here to hopefully try to change it, how long had you been touring around? Oh. Uh, uh, probably what I was 29 when I got signed so I was 16 when I started wrestling so I'd already semi-retired <laughs> <laughs> I was already in retirement by the time makes sense sure yeah I was uh, late 20s well nothing's ever gonna yeah, happen for me happen I'm done Gabriel I mean we'd had conversations before he was close to retirement too at one point and then eventually uh, I think he went to the United Kingdom I had a girlfriend at the time who had two kids and i was busy raising her kids so i had a full-time job and i was just doing that and wrestling on the side and i i, I think i dropped out of wrestling and started commentating because we got a tv deal there and i was, i remember that did carino come over or joe legend maybe joey legend horrible yeah. show my god <laughs> but anyway the, the so, production looked nice the production was great the wrestling quality was awful right but like i um th- and that was the first time we really started learning was when legend and them came over because they would teach us stuff we didn't know so Legend would come over, and like I remember Aris Cesaro's mm-hmm. partner from Swiss Money Holding, that guy taught me how to do a match. I never knew. And you were 10 years deep at that yeah, point, right? I was 10 right? years deep, and I still didn't understand the shine of this or that. I'd never been told. No what one. were you doing then before? I Just moves? I had it up by himself. So it's like I, my, my head had figured out, all right, the good guy is normally up top in the beginning. So I, just by watching it, I 
sort of figured out psychology just by watching it and saying, all right. And I worked it out, and this is so silly. No. I worked it out according to video game power bars. <laughs> all right. So I had so many power bars, and I hit you so many times. Your power bars would be down here. Yeah. And so then you would have to get my power bars down here. Then we're into a double down. Then we, that's how I worked it out. It's like video game psychology is how I actually tried to figure it out. And to be honest, when I do seminars and stuff, I sometimes use the power bar analogy. Yeah, which is strange to me because I pulled that out of my butt. <laughs> but it does make sense. But right, you can't, that can't be the, the way that you're learning the craft and the yeah. trade. So when I came to America, I didn't know a lot of stuff. I remember the tryout. What was that guy's name? I, I want to. Bruski, Ivana Bruski, I don't know what his name was. A big Polish guy from OVW. I don't. Ivana Bruski. I mean, that's a. That, sounds like I want a beer. Uh, yeah, Bart Simpson said that, and uh, um, the guy's name was something Bruski, and I knew I couldn't understand a freaking word he said to me. And it was fifty people were at the tryout, and we were the last. And we were the last two well, there. what's the tryout? So you, so so Gabriel says, get over here. Yeah. I think you could do something, and you what? You fly yourself over, mm-hmm. and and what? And there's a, there thousand dollars paid my. So you were in one of those tryout yeah. things. Gotcha. 50, 50 people. people there. there was already... Um, I was signed when A.J. Lee was signed. Mm-hmm. I was signed when um, Mason Ryan was signed. Yeah, that's when I got signed. It took a year for me after that to get here, though, because the paperwork and the visas and everything else. But that's when I actually got signed. So you just did one tryout cap? I did one. Yeah. Did you have the money to, to do that? I, I literally took every last cent I had. I had to break up with the girlfriend and... Do all that and can't raise your kids. I got to go do I a tryout. Yeah, and I mean, now when I look back at it, it's so insane. But it's like I, I, I had to get it out of my system. Mm. I had to try it. Otherwise, I knew I would live with constant regret for never trying it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said that to her. I said, as harsh as this is, I have to let everything go, and I have to do this one thing in my life. Otherwise, I will never know, and it will haunt me forever. And and so I did it. And. Um, I wasn't signed like on the spot. I was signed like three months later. And I still remember the tryout match being awful because mm. it's one of those cold matches where you don't know each other at all. He comes over to me because you could see we were going to get paired up because we're one of the last matches. And he's telling me, going through some spots, I couldn't understand a word he said to me because I was still very South African at the time. I couldn't understand. He was a heavy American accent. And he was like, this a big Polish guy. I don't remember. I was like, what the? But I had no idea what he That's said. That's how we all talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I had no idea what he said. And I remember the match being really horrible, too. But I remember I didn't know what he was calling, so I just started beating the crap out of him. <laughs> and, and you were a big boy at that point, right? I was right? a big boy. I was 236 at that point. I was, mm. Anyway, so, anyway, so uh, beat the crap out of him and then uh, put him over and got out of there. Mm. And uh, I wasn't signed immediately. I was signed three months after. So, But when you say I wasn't signed immediately, so does that mean you then got on the plane, went back home? Thought I didn't have it. Thought I had just blown all my money. And then went, what, went, went back to work. Without the girl or the family. Without the girl and the family. She already moved on. Yeah. And I had to now rebuild. So what, were you, what was your thought process there? Like, well, I just messed up, but at least I know. And then you just went to work and you just like lived every... I mean, you were just doing a... Normal job. Yeah. Uh, personal trainer. That was it. Went back, got my clients. And in your head, it's just like, well, this is my life. Yeah, it's done. Gave it a shot. <laughs> I gave it a shot. Didn't work. It was over with. And then... Um, I, who was the guy at the time? Ty Bailey? Mate, probably. Yeah. I think it was Ty Bailey. I emailed him a couple of times. No response, no response. Next thing I know, they're signed. And uh took like a year to get paperwork and all that figured out. And then you were living the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. American dream. I mean, you were there a long time. Yeah. That's did, five years. Did, 
I mean, everyone gets jaded there. Everyone starts like, because it's everyone's dream to go there. And then at one point everyone hates it. And then you have to take yourself out of it and been like, be like, there's so many people that would love to be here. Mm-hmm. You have to like keep yourself in check. Were yeah, you going through a lot of that? Motivated. Yeah. It's weird because, and I, I see it even now with NXT talent where it's like, there's only so many drills you can run until you start to go insane. <laughs> and that's Especially what happens. The five years worth. go crazy yeah. eventually after running drills. And uh, it's different now, I think. I think certain, like once you've got a certain tenure, I don't think you have to run certain drills. Okay. But like back then, you just ran drills and drills and drills and drills and drills. And you're running drills for five, five years. Right. And your body's taking wear and tear. And it's just, eventually, I think it actually starts to drive you a little nuts. Mm. Yeah. So was there a point there, then... Because you're not just like, I've made it to WWE. You're a guy who's moved all, like to be, not bitter, but to be like, ugh, while you're like doing the thing that you've always wanted to do. Did you have to put yourself in self-check or no? Over and over again. Yeah. I had to reevaluate over and yeah. over again. But I will say, that I think the thing that always kept me going was, just had to make a living. And, yeah. And that's it. And I think. But also that's kind of shitty where like, you're like, I love wrestling. And then it turns into, I have to make a living. I think it does for everyone eventually. Eventually, yeah. But then it's always, and for me too, it has like at a point, and then I always look like, oh, fuck. I had a moment yesterday like this. <laughs> I had a moment yesterday like this. I'm sitting at the table, and I got knobs sitting next to me. And he's just doing knob stuff next to me. And I had to have that moment where, hey, this ain't so bad. That's a guy I grew up with. Right. Watched him on TV. And now I'm getting to hang out with him, you know? And it was, I had to like have a mo- I had a moment about that. Just, mm-hmm. just like, okay. Look at that. It's freaking Brian Nobbs, and he's like just hanging out with me right now. Cool, you know? And, and Do you like Brian Nobbs? No, but I, 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 growing up. Nobody that, likes Brian Nobbs. That's a freaking nasty boy. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, I guess, what do you call them? Mark moments? I don't know. Sure. Mark moments? Nothing I think, wrong I think with that. Marks at some point. I think we have to be at some point. I think in, in this era, um, yeah, because I'll always say, like, and when I explain to people, like, like, like back in the day they just grabbed dudes that that were from like big in bars and like yeah. you know on football teams and now it seems like everyone you have to have loved it we're, we're kids of hulk hogan you know yes. and so or, or whoever it might be and some the ones younger than us are the kids of the rock and the hardy boys or whatever it is and so yeah they they, gra- they gravitate to it but back in the day you know so protected is just someone that was at a gym and was like hey you want to try this got dude, <sighs> who was i talking with um Oh, Billy Gunn. Yeah, they were just like, he's at the gym. And they're like, you're a big dude. You want to go? You got picked up? <laughs> training at the Billy gym. Gunn? Yeah, like years ago. <laughs> so he had never watched it or anything? No, 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 no. And he's not even that, like, I'm talking about like the guys in like the, like, the yeah. Crusher and the Bruiser, you know? Like, Where'd they find those guys? That's, I assume just drinking at a bar, like yeah. just beating the shit you're out of people. crazy looking dude. Yeah. You got to come do this. Well, you had that part yeah. down. You you would be willing to beat the shit out of people yeah. <laughs> or get in fights. <laughs> so, well, yeah. um. I always thought like the the ESPN thing was was an interesting thing. I think yeah. right, like where they like made you. Did were you on your way out before that? Yeah, and that saved you. Uh, but I don't even know if do you look at it like saved me anymore. No, I think um, it elongated my career. Um, I was told straight out the bat two to three year run. That was it. I was never told. But you always hope that you can make more of it. You were told two to three year run with what? That you had a Rose character. Yeah. Okay. Like once I went up, I was told, "Look, mid card push, two, three year run." Wow. Right. You hope so you're, I knew that. You, you hope you're hope. the you're you the Eugene. Hope. Remember yeah, when yeah. Eugene like yeah. took that character and made yeah. it like the biggest thing, and then Hunter like 
had to get involved and destroyed it. But, <laughs> but right, you want to be the one guy that comes out. Well, I think like there's always a party that's always like, I can make this work. I can make this bigger than what it is. But your ceiling's already set. Mm-hmm. You know? What was the feedback from the ESPN stuff? The weird thing about that is I don't think I was supposed to be the key character in it. And um, I only found this out recently. Uh, WWE didn't have as much control over it as I thought they did. And ESPN was the one that wanted me to be the key character. Mm-hmm. But they didn't actually want me to be the key character. They had somebody else in mind. And um, I ended up becoming the key character because of the situation we were in at the time. Who was... Do you not want to say the... I can talk about it. Um, my wife and uh, my kid, uh, Maverick, was just born. And Maverick was born with a giant foul seal, which is his liver intestines outside of his body. It was a huge thing. I mean, they had told us to abort. But we were already, I think, 17 weeks in when we... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We found out. So we felt if he had lasted 17 weeks, we might as well give him a chance to have a life, you know? And, uh... So we had to get all the tests done where they check for trisomies and they check for all these other genetic disorders. And luckily he was coming back clean on almost every genetic disorder. He came back chromosome perfect. So it was just stage 10 of development or day 10 of development when the umbilical cord goes back into the body and it takes like, it goes into the body and it like puts the intestines and everything in place. That stage, that one day for some reason didn't take place. And it just left hmm. it out. So what happens is they're called O-babies. And they're born with a sac and the intestines and liver outside of the body. They don't normally make it past a couple of days. And we were told, don't expect him to scream, don't expect anything. So when he went in, oh, I'm, by the way, I had a staph infection at the same time. And I was unaware of it. So I'm staph infected. It's going through my blood, starting to attack my brain while this <laughs> is all going on. I've got no idea because I don't want to stop or this big thing on my arm but I don't want to uh, check on her because I'm having my baby mm. so we go through this thing Maverick's born he comes out screaming great sign uh, he goes to surgery an hour later they put everything back in his stomach besides his liver because not everything could fit because the abdominal cavity was too small so not everything could fit in so he's got his liver sticking outside of his body and he's in this little cubicle thing like chamber thing he's not breathing by himself and they're letting gravity pull his liver back into his body uh, great doctor, Dr. Charles Paytas, was a surgeon who did all this. And he said it's carpentry, how he described it. And he said it's not the seal that'll kill him. It's going to be a heart defect or a lung defect that'll kill him. And eventually when he started breathing on his own, we had all these different battles to get over. One, start breathing by yourself. You know, then we had to see if the heart was all right and everything, everything was there and everything was in place. He's got dextrocardia as well, which is a mirror image heart flipped around on the other side of his body, mm. which functions perfectly but it's mirror image and it's on the other side hmm. so he almost died there was some sort of complication they did something with the pick line with infiltrated his lungs and there was some sort of complication at one point and he blew up from 6.6 pounds to 12 pounds in like a week and almost died three times and um, we were, I was living at Tampa General basically at the time 
and I was still so scared of losing my job. I was going into training sometimes, and they, I remember Dr. Tom saying, just piss off. Mm. This is, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But I was, I was programmed. Of course, I get to it. Continue yes. to be afraid of my losing my job. And um, so... Sucks, it sucks that that's the way it is, though, isn't it? That's how you live. Yeah. And it, it's not like that anymore, I think. But I think back then you were programmed you, that you were always hunting. No, I'm not even talking about wrestling. It might not even be wrestling. It might be anything. Yeah. It's just that, they, that that's like some places that's how they work. I don't know. It sucks. Yeah. But it was, a hard, it was a hard time. And I always say I break my life up into pre-mab and post-mab. Mm. And he's, he's fine now. He's th- a rambunctious... Gives me such a hard time, little kid, right now, and he's he's great. Does now. he is he gonna have medical stuff for the he's rest got of his a life? Tube. Yeah, he's got that. We're trying to get that out, but he needs to eat more. Um, he's in the fifth percentile for height and growth. He's behind about a year. If right. I take a look at like a four-year-old Mavs uh, three, or a five-year-old Mavs four, so he's behind one year on everything. What about like insurance and stuff? Oh, it's insane. You don't want to know. I don't want to know, right? <laughs> I can only imagine. You don't want to know, yeah. It's got to be. And so it's you're insane. especially. we have to have the best coverage possible to make sure he's covered. And um, What's uh, insurance in South Africa? Is it the same way as England and uh, stuff? No, it's, it's not. It's the same way as America. Uh, I'm happy this didn't happen in South Africa because they wouldn't have been able to deal with it. Really? I don't feel. Okay. So I'm happy it happened in America because American doctors are amazing. Right. And we had a doctor like Charles Paytas who could do this. Gotcha. In South Africa, I would be afraid that they wouldn't even bother. So but for the rest of your life, this kid's probably going to have bills. And you're going to definitely have to, like, I mean, work more than ever. Yep. So, like, I don't want to assume anything, but so then when you're done with the WWE, like, obviously for your own sanity, it's probably nicer but for the idea that you have a kid and like that's probably the highest paying job in America for pro wrestling. Yeah. For pro wrestling. But like the thing with it was there was trade offs. There's always trade offs. Like I was never at home. I never saw Mav. Never saw him. Mav missed out on me for like two years. Straight. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Well, that's why. Do you remember Tyler Rex? Were you around for him? I was around with him. I mean, that's why he, yeah. he quit. Because like he, he, he had a kid. He had a kid. He's like, what am I doing? Yeah, missed, I think he missed the kid. The first day his kid walked. I yeah. think that was the reason he was like, "Okay, I can't miss anymore." Right. And it's like now when I look back, I missed out on so much with Mav. Yet I've always been driven by my job is to provide. Mm. That's my first key job is provision. If I'm not providing, I'm failing. That's my f- thoughts anyway. Mm-hmm. So my first job is provision, but also my job is to be around. <laughs> yeah, you know. Otherwise, I'm just the dude out there in magic land that, that, that you never see that brings money in. Right. So it was weird because now when I finally did get to go home, uh, Levi, who's my second son, he's perfectly healthy. He was in the 80th percentile and a tank of a human being. <laughs> um, uh, he gets, got all of me. You know what I'm saying? So it was unfair on math for those two years. He just didn't get that. But, so do you feel like, have you found the right spot or are you still searching for something else? I've got something else. I've got another side business. It's called Exotic Express LLC, which is a limousine and transport service running out of Tampa. So that's going to be another one of my focuses. And, but I, I'm almost saying, like, in, in terms of your, not even as wrestler, but in terms of fathership or whatever it might be, like, is this, this in terms of fathership, is this the spot you want to be in? Or was the WWE with the, with the bigger money, was that the most, was that, I don't want to say the better spot because obviously, it's hard to say. It's a hard because line. On the one side, yeah, financially it's a better spot. Right. But mentally and f- the not being there with my family, I think, did more damage than good. And you guys came to, I don't want to speak for you, but you guys kind of came to a, 
a mutual, hey, let's split this. Am I incorrect in saying that? Yeah, or? Me, and, me and the missus? No, you and WWE. Yeah, WWE? Yeah, everyone, me. I'm still with everybody now. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, the WWE, eventually, yeah, there was a... Once the, the Adderall... I'm, I'm putting speaking about it, Once the Adderall thing happened, I was like, okay, this is BS. You're just looking for something at this point. Right. And I was like, I actually said, if you don't have to look, just ask me. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, I actually said, let's just go. Let's, we're done. Let's, let's part ways. And let's, you're not going to do anything with me. And I'm not happy either. So mm-hmm. let's, just, let's call it a day. I actually said that. Let's call it a day. And they were like, no, let's, you know, see what happens and blah, blah, blah. I don't like, let's see what happens. I don't want to chop and block over my head. I would rather just go then. Right. You know? And uh, so eventually it was a mutual time part mm-hmm. of the ways. Because then I had more drama come on me. And it was just like, oh. It's just all came pouring on my head. Yeah. That was, uh, oh, my goodness. And we all look at that from a, you know, because we all look at that stuff from, oh, we're not you. And some people get on the internet and they start talking. You know, I mean, I know how it is. And so they start just whatever. And then that gets annoying. Oh. But you're living in the middle of it. There's just so much coming on. That's probably got a lot, a lot to deal with. I've never, like, I think the best thing to do in a situation is just not look at social media. Just right. don't look at it. Because like once that happened, and I mean, at the end of the day, it was thrown out of court, and the judge's exact words were, why is this even in my courtroom? Mm-hmm. Um, because a cop was looking for a federal arrest and found a loophole to get it. That's what it was. And then it became this other thing, and then TMZ jumped on it, right. and Fox jumped on it. Ugh. But where were they when the judge is throwing it out of court? They're not there the day we're all there as a family, and they're throwing it out of court. Right. They're there when it looks as dramatic as possible. You and you're know? a guy with like a... You're, You've got to now like a black. You've got to like do damage control, and no one's there to do that for you. It's a hard thing. Have you have you gotten have you gotten like past that yet, or like have, you know what I'm saying? Are you still way. working with that? Like in terms of have you come to like uh, have you come to terms with like okay we're we're good now I'm fine or do you still feel people like no I don't think I'll ever be clear of it yeah but that's the thing I think no matter what was actually happened no matter what actually eventually was said in court. I think there's always those that are going to want to say that. Mm. So the, just the other day, I have, there's more. I still get tweets about it. So right. It's like it's never. It's something that's just on you forever. Ugh. It's gotta and be it's shit. Never happened that way. Yeah. It's just stuck to me forever. It's gotta be and shit, man. That. Well, what you can do is uh, get back on the road, start well, wrestling. Right. <laughs> I just do one foot in front of the other. That's right. What I, do. I feel like my theory is if you keep it moving one foot in front of the other, you get somewhere eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's all I do. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, so you're in a good place. Are you in a good place? I think I'm in a better place than okay. I've been in a long time. I wouldn't say I'm in a great place. I think I'm in the best place I've been in a while. Right. But not, not perfect. <laughs> what are you going to do to get to the perfect place? Uh, I think once the other business is all settled in, and, I, and I, for me, everything's about provision and security. That's what my life is, is provision and security. I provide and I secure. I don't know if that's right or that's wrong. I don't know if that's traditional. If that, I don't know if that's what expected of me. I don't even know if I have to do that. But I know that in my brain, that's why I was raised. I provide and I secure. So uh, the limousine thing, you're, yeah. what you're saying. So you're, you're smart about it. You know, like sometimes wrestling's out of your hands. Yeah. You're going to wrestle, but this, you're hoping this guy, this is what you're going to grow is the limousine thing. Well, that's the thing. That's why I want other channels. Or, uh, or even not even sticking, limousine, yeah, right? I'm just sticking with... I'm not just saying, oh, I'm going to be a wrestler. No, those days are done. Because you're a grown-up. Yeah, those days are done now. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's like, um, unless you're in certain companies, you can't, 
you got to have other avenues. Yeah. And that's all I'm doing is creating other avenues. Yeah. Well, that's one of the first things I did right after leaving mm -hmm. was, and cause my, my theory was always just like, Oh, I was there and then I was fired and then I had nothing. So I need to be able to like put seven pots out there. So if one of those pots goes away, I still have six pots, Yeah, six avenues or whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, so we think alike then because mm -hmm. I think of avenues and it does, it's just a matter of creating different avenues, mm -hmm. different lines of income and that's it. And that provides provision and security. There and you that's go. That's what I care about. Oh, I have no, nobody to provide or secure for <laughs> except for myself. Well, so it just makes it real it's selfish. Ultimate driving force. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Ultimate driving force. I think living by myself, I might be really lazy. <laughs> I think if I didn't have kids, I'd, I'd be really lazy. Oh, it's, a, it's wonderful. It's terrible. <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> I can't. Uh, where are you at on the internet? Where am I at on the yeah. internet? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Aegis underscore Rose, which is the... No, I'm not saying what that is. I haven't said it yet. Have I said what that is? I'll actually, I'll tell you what that it's is. It's a secret? Yeah, Aegis. You know what Aegis is. No. Aegis? Oh, Oh, I do. Yes, you do. That's why I did it. So, <laughs> oh, because I was. So that came up in something. Somebody had quoted that, yeah. and they said, "Oh, maybe it was. Oh, maybe um, what's her name? Paige was saying something. Paige said something about ages. What, ages? Yeah. About ages. The company. Yeah, the company. Yeah. So if you just do some googling, I'm yeah, sure. So right. That's why it's ages underscore. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't put that together. Yeah. And then um, obviously, I got a website up now, which is WWE. Elderrose.com. You also said WWE. Did I say way. WWE? Yes, you yeah. did. <laughs> you got me on the Freudian. All right. Uh, www.elderrose.com. And, uh, and that's how they can contact you, bookers yeah, and promoters. Bookers, anything like that. I'm actually, uh, if you want to contact me, it's um, Adam Rose Bookings. Um, and you can contact Mark. Mark will deal with that. Adam Rose bookings at yahoo.com. Hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a, well, your, your phone, you turned your phone off. Yeah. It's okay. Yahoo. I'll turn it away. Go ahead. Great. It's Adam Rose bookings at yahoo.com and you can contact Mark. Bookings. Great. Yeah. Anything else I'm missing? Um, no, Exotic Express, LLC, uh, if you're looking for a party bus or limousine transportation service, a bachelorette's party, anything, anything to do with it, go to a concert. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you. All right, friends, that is, uh, that is the show for this week. Adam Rose telling his story. And uh, I think that was out there, the, uh, the stuff on the streets. It's pretty, still pretty wild, though. Just think about the pampered life I've led and uh, how great my parents are, you know? What a life they've given me. I, uh, I'm always grateful. And I assume Adam, uh, you know, Adam to his kids. So follow Adam Rose. Let him know you like the show. Before we get out of here, let's get in some plugs and... Upcoming events! That's the best way that you can support ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter and Instagram, at ColtCabana, Facebook slash AOW Podcast, also slash ColtCabana. Past archives of the show are ad-free, and they're on Howl.fm. Use the code Colt. Get yourself a free month. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe your promoter want to put me on your upcoming show or convention. I got a YouTube channel. I also got a ColtCabana.com website. I got a P.O. box there. You can send me some snail mail. Upcoming October 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd, 29th, November 3rd and 4th, Chicago, Detroit, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Baltimore, Arlington and San Antonio, ROHWrestling.com. Sunday, October 16th, Austin, Texas, WrestleCircus.com. Sunday, October 30th, Gainesville, Florida, TheFestFL.com. Saturday, November 5th, Bedford, Texas, MetroplexWrestling.com. Friday, November 11th, San Francisco, California, AllProWrestling.com. Saturday, November 12th, St. Paul, Minnesota, HeavyOnWrestling.com. Saturday and Sunday, November 19th and 20th, Rahway in Newark, New Jersey, WrestlePro Online. Dot com. That is the show for this week. Hey, thank you very much 
much for listening. I, I really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks to Adam Rose. Thanks to Cable Guy Jeff and Stu Stone. Thanks to Kid Russell, Matt Jenkins on the music. Thanks to Dane Miller with tech. Let's thank some sponsors. Highspots.com. Hundreds of full-length titles available to download. An amazing VOD service. You could watch whatever you want. A lot of PWG. A lot of $5 wrestling. All the good stuff. AMA knee pads, gears, mask, a wrestling ring. They got it. They got all things wrestling. They're great. Highspots. OneHourTees.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. Also, ProWrestlingCrate.com. This is where you can support your favorite independent wrestlers by just buying yourself a t-shirt. Also, tweakedaudio.com slash cult earbuds that I use. Get over 30% off for free shipping just because you listen to the show. It's kind of rainy. It's kind of gross over here in Chicago. But uh, the Cubbies. The Cubbies are doing well, and that puts a smile on everyone's face, including myself. When things are making me sad, I just remember that the Cubs, who haven't won in fucking forever... Are doing very well. Is that sad? I guess not. That's kind of like wrestling. Like, you put yourself in other people's positions, and that makes you happy, and this does for me. Great. I'm out of here. Guys, this has been The Art of Wrestling for Cole Cabana. I'm Cole Cabana. Thanks. You know who I'm big into right now is Dr. Phil. He's that bad. Said bad? nobody ever. Is that bad? <laughs> it's is weird. That bad? He did a book recently. It's an audio book. And I suggest everyone listen to it, where he explains evil people. I, I, yeah. and, and he might be one of he might be one of them. He might be, he admits that.